I want to speak to you from the same subject, level up, okay? Level up. Why am I excited about this banner this year? Why am I excited about this building? It's all going to tie together. I am excited because I don't think we've ever had a banner over our year that is better for us corporately, but also powerful for you individually. You know, if it is true that life is a collection of choices, your choices come from your understanding. Your choices come from your thinking. And what is crazy is that many people walk through this life with such skewed and varying views of why they are where they are. Some people would believe that they are where they are because they're just, they're not a winner. Some people would believe that they are where they are because that's just God's plight for them. And he's just testing their humility. God has roadblocked you all your life because he just wants to know whether you'd still serve him. Some people would believe that where they came from, what they've gone through, is the reason that they are where they are and will remain there. But what if it's not about that? What if lows and highs happen to us all, ebbs and flows? We can't choose at which point in life they're going to hit us. Some might start on a high, end on a low. Some might start on a low. But I'll tell you one thing, how you navigate the highs and the lows will determine the theme. Now, God is in it. God is with us. He has promises for us. He says that he works all things together for those who love him. Meaning God is always in the mix on your highs and your lows, wanting to help you get to where you're called to go. But it is how we react that will determine where we get. What if your life is only as great as your ability to make the right choices, a.k.a. level up? At every decision this year, you're going to have an opportunity. You're going to have an opportunity to either do what you've always done and stay in the cycles you've always been at, or break in to a new level. See, this concept is not just like a, a cultural concept that we hear, right? Like, in fact, let's go, to, um, let's go to Isaiah 55 for a second. And let's navigate God's perspective on levels, on leveling up. Are you ready? It says this, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. Don't you think it's good when God just wants to f- just draw a flat line straight from the beginning? We are nothing alike. <laughs> hey, you know how you think about this all day? I don't. Hey, your thoughts, they're nothing like mine. Okay, good. Th- thank you, God. Thank you for that piece of clarification, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. It's crazy because God is telling us that there is a concept of the difference between levels. We also see in the Bible that there is a difference between release. Level up could be summed up in one biblical word, release. What will God release you to? But before God releases you, there's always a test. If God does not know that you could be faithful with what's in your hands, He will not release you to what is in your heart. Because if you cannot steward what is in your heart, what's the point? One of my favorite verses is where it talks about, in Luke, where it talks about new wine needing new wineskins. Otherwise, both the wineskins and the wine will be lost. Although you have maybe 
had moments where you yell and shake your fists towards God because what in your heart seems to be something that is just ever drawing further? Maybe it is God's compassion that has kept it at a, at a distance. Because if what is in you is greater than your capacity to hold it, both you and it will break. And what was once a dream will become something that will be wasted and the dreamer also broken. God is good enough to not release you to levels that He knows you cannot sustain. So what God does is He teaches us through seasons and through moments and He tries to help us be better stewards, increase the capacity of our hands to actually be in proportion with the capacity of our heart. This year is a level up year. And I believe that what would it look like if you and I stopped blaming circumstances, opportunities, lack thereof, or abundance of? And what if we were starting to think, man, you know what? My God loves me. And my big seasons and my bad seasons aren't His heart. How many times have we been like, God can't be real? In fact, I would say this, that humanity has only a struggle with God because deep inside of us, we know He's real. Do you know what I mean? You can't hate something that doesn't exist. Like, tell me something that doesn't exist you don't like. You can't. The only reason you can blame someone is if you think they did it. Right? Like, I know it with the boys. My boys will come up. You know, he did it. Did you see him? No. Just feel it. What do you mean you feel it? You don't, you only blame God because you think he's real. You're only angry at him because you think he's responsible. Since when have you been angry at somebody that didn't do it, that you don't think did it, or should have been able to stop it? The only reason humanity has a problem with God is because God is real, and we think that he should have been a better God. So, if it is in us to know that he is real and that he is capable, we also believe in his sovereignty. That we also believe sovereignty, see, reality and sovereignty are different. Reality is one thing, okay, we know you're real. But sovereignty is we also innately believe that he is in control. So therefore, if this bad thing happened to me and you are in control, then I have a problem with you. Because how could you sit there, God, and call yourself good? How could you sit there, God, and call yourself faithful? How could I put my belief in a God that I cannot even predict? Wouldn't it be nice if God was predictable? God, I asked you to do this and you'll do it. But the problem is this. His ways. Now, I've been in moments like this where somebody's ways are higher than the other person's ways. Sometimes looks as, just as practical as, I don't know, driving through the city with someone I love. That'll remain nameless. But sometimes the person that I love, we're driving, and I'm at the steering wheel. And there are times where I take a left, and the person proceeds to tell me how I should have taken a right, how Grand Avenue is better at this time. But sometimes your ways are higher than other people's ways. Sometimes they, they think you're lost when really you know shortcuts that are beyond their shortcuts. I don't know if this is resonating with anybody in the crowd. All the men are like, I'm leaving you by yourself. But there are moments where you know where you're going. People don't know. And this is God. That's what ways are. There's a whole app called ways. Predicated on the fact 
that driving through whatever is faster than going through what you think you would know. And here's the other thing. Ways is situational. Because what was fast once might be slow the next time. See, God's ways don't always look like your ways. They are not comprehensible to you. But that doesn't mean that God still does not have the same destination in sight. What would 2020 look like if you stopped trying to control the ways, which by the way, this verse, leave it up there, says are beyond your imagination. Meaning that God gives you an endpoint, but God's way of getting you there is beyond your imagination, your comprehension. Now let's just stop there. How often do we hear this beautiful saying that we love and it's this, it's so romantic. It's not the destination, it's the journey. (laughs) Who signs up for the journey? I didn't. I signed it up for the destination. I didn't want the journey. The journey builds character. I never signed up for character. I signed up for dreams. The journey teaches you things. I didn't want to learn. I graduated. The journey teaches patience. I don't want patience. I want yesterday. Is there a yesterday button? When do you want it? Yesterday. See, We don't like the journey, but it's romantic. But the truth is this, the way the journey is what inspires faith. If God could have just done it like this, you would never have the faith that comes from the ways that God navigates you and your family, you and your dreams, and the different stops along the way. People, church, it has been a whole journey to where we are today. And maybe your journey doesn't look like what you wanted it to, but guess what? His ways are greater, better than the way you would have chosen. They bring more, they yield more, they build more, foundations go deeper. They do more. The way out of Egypt was inspiring, but it wouldn't have been the people's way. The way into the promised land was not the people's way, but yet it was God's way that built the people to sustain the place he was taking them to. Maybe in 2020, you've got to understand that you're giving feedback to a God who actually knows what he's doing. And secondly, we've got to understand this. There is an anchor. Everything must be anchored. You can't call God and question his faithfulness. When you've got to understand this, God lives outside of time. So why did he create time? What was the purpose of creating time? How do you know you've grown if you haven't taken original managements? How do you know you've been blessed if you don't know what you didn't have? See, God needed to create a standard of measure so that we could also create a standard of faithfulness. You cannot praise God for His faithfulness without first having a standard to to actually measure Him towards. The fact that He created time, the Bible says it in Genesis, He created the stars, the moon, everything, so that we would be able to, to measure what was happening, govern the seasons. So let me tell you this. Maybe your faith has been dwindling because your faith has a time clock on it. There is a time where if God does not let me get married, where he does not give me the business, the position I was called to, the church, the platform, the finance that he has called me to, the healing that he has called me to. If there is, man, if he does not do it, it's over. But you've got to understand that that time clock is this life. And this life is not the only thing that, there, that exists. You ever caught up in a moment? Like you're on a diet, but you just, you're at a great restaurant. And you're like, ah, and you just, go, you just go crazy, right? Like you eat like as if it's your last meal. Like you're never eating again. 
You're just like, and then you say this lie to yourself, which is, I can make it up. I'll make it up tomorrow. I'll eat one meal and I'll work super hard. You're lying. You know it. And the worst thing is that it doesn't kick in that you, that you like absolutely squandered a moment until your personal trainer is going, 50 more. You're like, why? I never signed up for 50 more. I never signed up for 40 more. Stop being generous. And it's in that moment that you realize that you missed the previous moment and how all moments are connected. Why do we live this life as if this is the only life? When the reality is we are actually doing things in this life that are actually securing our eternity and what we have in eternity. See, God's faithfulness is bigger than this life. And even then, God works all things together. He is a redeemer of the times. God brings all things back. Why am I setting this foundation? Because if we're going to realize two things and live to two things, we've got to understand that God is in control. He is worthy of that control. And He still loves you, even though you didn't see or take the left or the scenic route you wanted. God is taking you in a direction that you needed so that you could get what you most wanted. Know the difference, what you want now and what you want later. They rarely connect. If you're going to go for what you want later, you've got to do what you don't want now. If you want to live with what you want now, just realize you're not going to get what you want later. They don't connect. So God takes you through what you don't want so that you can have what you really want. Let's level up. Number one, it's this. Same picture, different perspective. You're looking at the same thing God's looking at, except he's looking at it from a higher way with higher thoughts. This year, what if you were to stop? If you're going to hedge your bets, hedge them on God. Maybe don't look at dating this year the same way you've looked at it, but maybe look at it from God's perspective. Don't try to comprehend it. Have faith that his ways are higher than your ways. He created man and women, and crazy, he knew they'd get together. For all of you that think intimacy is like what humanity did with what God created. You know what I mean? Like God was like, doop, doop. he's like, oh, whoa, did not know they'd use things like this. Whoa. He created it. And he also knew in which area and which way and in which format it would flourish. He knows that you're looking for a soulmate. And he's also created and protecting that soulmate possibly from you. You don't want to taint somebody's purpose with your lack thereof. So, you can't understand. His ways are higher. Maybe it's not what you would have chosen. But how many times what you would have chosen? Like there are some times where the other person, they choose the route. And there's just traffic, not me. My ways are higher. Man, she's tapping. When she's tapping, the joke has gone too far. She's like, if the rapture happened right now, I'd be okay with it. Like, he knows. Give God the executive power to make decisions this year. Let yourself level up. Why? Because this is the promise. His ways are higher. So rather than trying to be better, why don't you leverage his better? Leverage God's better ways. Leverage God's better perspective. Leverage God's better thinking. Leverage God's better plan. Don't live at the level of your understanding when God is offering his. 
God is literally offering you his ways and his perspective. He's asking to take care of the things that you can't handle. You want to level up? Lend and leverage God's perspective and God's ways. If you lend and leverage what God's doing, I guarantee you'll get to where God's going. Let God do it and you watch what will happen. God is above it all. He's beyond it all. And he's asking for the control. Let's look at this year and think how we can level up. What could you do? Let's not lead our marriage according to our preferences and what we think. Let's lead our marriage according to what God wants. Crazy what God will do if you give him that time. Same picture, different perspective. The band should be up here. Just Maybe they did get raptured. Nope. Frankie's here. Oh, what's that say about Frankie? (laughs) Honestly, church, here's the thing about God's ways. God's ways leave an eternal mark. Do you want to leave a mark? You know what we're building? We've never built this church for the sake of building a church. We never built this church because Audrey and I had a vision. You know why we've built this church? Because I can genuinely say I had a powerful impact, like encounter with Jesus. Things that the world will tell you cannot change, changed. Depression, anxiety, nervous breakdowns, these things that were ever present in my life, gone. And I just think this, if God was good enough to give me so much, who am I to store it up? So we started this church because we had the audacity to believe that God will show up. My number one question when we started this church is can we actually, not whether we'll build it, Not whether the masses will come in. Not whether we could love them and whether we could teach them to love the world and love Jesus. Not whether that could happen, but whether we'd be able to fit. Where are we going to fit? In a city like this, God, it's beyond us. It's too expensive. Governments don't want you. Cities don't want you. But the truth is this. Nothing can stop a God plan. But every God plan is waiting for a God-breathed people that'll say, I want to be part of it. And this is what the Bible says in John. God is not slow, but patient. God's not in any need or rush to do this. But He's waiting for a people that will say, use me. There's promises in the Bible. If you build His house, He'll build yours. And that's awesome. But even if He builds your house, what's He really talking about in that verse? Do you know He's not talking about your physical house? Your physical house, what a great promise. Who cares? You're going to die one day. This last week, we've been reminded of humanity's fragility. The, The real thing is this, not whether you're going to go home. And not the method in which you go home. But what legacy will you leave? What will people say? Why we build this kingdom, why we build his house. He's not because of the physical home he'll build. The Bible's referencing when he says, I'll establish your house. He's talking about your generations, your people, your children's children. They will follow God. I just want to ask you something. Do you want the struggle that you've ever had to be the struggle your children have? No, we don't. When you level up, you level up not for you alone. You level up for those who are to come. Church, we're not coming around a building because we're a church with vision that only is as big as a building. 
We are coming around our building because we are a church that believes this, that buildings are meant to be filled and not just filled for the sake of being filled so that we could be on the fastest growing church list. No, we are actually wanting to fill buildings. Why? Because there are people that are depressed that don't know there's a way out. There are people that are anxious that don't know there's a way out. There are people that society say, you can't come here. There are people that are out there that are broken. There are people that don't have a family. There are people that have a family and are gonna lose it. There is people out there And there's the funny thing is this, every story out there is is represented in here and God did it. It's time that we start to establish something that'll say, God, one, we thank you for what you've done, but two, we will create a way for you to do it at bigger levels. We're not building a building because churches need buildings. We're building a building because we're a church that needs to love our community, that needs to build a building that our children's children can use, that our youth could use. So I want you to keep praying this season. Two things I need you to do, sign up for standing room only. I want your faith in that room. I want you to worship prophetically that we won't have one night here. This is the first night here. I want you to go to God. Say, God, what are you calling me to give? Yeah, it'll be scary. But the promise is this. If I ask you to give, I can't guarantee your return. But if God asks you to give, Isaiah 55, let's read it one more time. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my Word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Church, I've got to tell you, we need to hold on to our collective God Word. But I need you to hold on to your God Word. We've never built this church on, if you meet with me, your life's going to be okay. We built this church on leadership, on discipleship, on grow groups and on the Word of God. And the Word of God is this. Hebrews 11 is a whole statement of all the people in in the Word. The heritage that we come from. Maybe not DNA, but spiritual DNA. Which what greater DNA is there? It's the only one that lasts forever. Our spiritual DNA is linked to people like Abraham who had no reason to believe that he'd become a nation. Our spiritual DNA, yours, is not your demographic or where you came from or what people say about you or don't say about you or what celebrations you have or don't have. No, your spiritual DNA is tied to people like like Sarah, who was far beyond her ability to conceive and yet God brought it to pass. Your spiritual DNA is linked to people like the very people He saved out of Egypt and walked through an ocean. That same DNA is in you and me. And here's the thing, that DNA was always birthed with what? A God Word. A Word not by man, a Word not by religion, a Word by God. And when God speaks it, this is what the Word says, that it will not return to heaven without accomplishing what He says it will. So this is what I need you to do. People, church, we've got to level up. It's a bigger giant than we've ever had to face. But this is what I need. I need a church. I need a church that'll walk into the throne room of heaven with their word and say, God, I know you're real. I know you're good. You saved me. You took depression from me. You put my family back together. You gave me children when doctors said that I couldn't. You gave me back what I lost in miscarriages. You gave me back what I lost in my anxiety. My God, I will not insult you by walking into your throne room, but forgetting your words that you gave me. 
Church, don't walk into the throne room of heaven without the words He gave you. He gave them to you. 